On this episode, we discuss CBS All Access doing way better than anyone expected, especially CBS, Netflix finally finishing their Marvel series officially, and we also say RIP to Opportunity. Plus, Chris runs down the latest happenings out of Nintendo Direct. This and more in this week's show. Doctor Who fandom podcast and part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Here we're a bunch of geeks talking about geeky things. Each week we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Stephen. But what if I'm in the mood for a T-Swift story? Chris. I've heard the X is going to give it to you. And SP. That's how we roll on Gunna Geek on Monday night. We get crazy! Gunna Geek Productions presents the official GunnaGeek.com show. Good evening and welcome to another episode of your favorite musical podcast theater. I am Stephen John Drew, and of course with me today I have Chris Farrell. Good evening. We also have joining us none other than Stargate Pioneer. Wait, it's the Stargate Pioneer. The part played by the rocket scientist engineer on the podcast tonight is the stargate pioneer that's true that's true uh we're here to do apparently horrible versions of radio plays and also talk geeky stuff and if you have not checked out geeky stuff you should check out gunnageeknetwork.com because there's a lot of amazing geeky podcasters on there but i will say this that none of them and i i'm sorry i'm, I'm sorry to do this but they're not they're they're not as good as me because my son wrote me a nice little sign that says to dad you are a good podcaster so you know it's, it's right there it says to dad you are a good podcaster and he also did the gonna geek mic flag that's what he did the gonna geek mic flag so there you go i have a certificate so i'm sorry i'm sorry but i am a good podcaster this is actually Steven that drew that. That is his cutting edge hand-drawn art skills. That's true. And you can go ahead and back me on Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, kickstarter.com slash Steven Draws. <laughs> is it an Indiegogo or is it a Kickstarter? It, it's a, it's a whatever, whatever is going to make me money off of my son's artwork, and I'm not going to tell him. I like this plan. Sure, why not? But let's go ahead and move on to the news. Here we go. We've talked about it a few times here on the officialgunnageek.com show. It's the fact that CBS has this CBS All Access. And what CBS All Access is all about is giving you all access to Chris Farrell all the time. That's what CBS All Access is. Chris Farrell all the time. It's called ChrisCam.com. No, that's not true. Uh, but the CBS All Access, what it basically is, is it's a back catalog of CBS shows in combination with some new things. We've talked about that, that Star Trek, the new Discovery series is on CBS All Access, and the new Picard series will all, series will also be on CBS All Access. Well, 
I think it's time for us to realize that um, here at the GunnaGeek.com show, we might not exactly be the target audience because there's been a couple of Americans on here, I won't name names, that have totally papooed all over it and said nobody's going to pay for this. Well, guess what? What I said. No, that's pretty much what was said. But CBS has said that they have reached their goal for subscribers two years early apparently cbs all access has reached 8 million subscribers which is up 60 percent from 5 million last year and essentially this is coming two years ahead of the schedule so now they're changing their forecast and they're going to set the target at 25 million domestic streaming subscribers by 2022 and in comparison just so you know sort of how this relates Netflix hit 60.55 million domestic subscribers in the fourth quarter last year. So interesting to see how CBS All Access seems to be picking up. And I, I, I okay, joking aside, I, I don't get why, but it's interesting to me that this has happened. And kudos to them because, like, I don't know if this was really available here because there is a Canadian version, but it's not the same. If it was, would I would I pay for it? I don't know that I would. And that's why I'm saying, obviously, we're not the target audience. I'm not going to be paying for it. I'm, I'm not because I just refuse to. I refuse to go to have a TV subscription for CBS, basically, because I have cable and then have to pay for the streaming services. I, I refuse to do it. So I'm not going to watch the shows. There's only one show on there that I would want to watch anyway, and it was it is Star Trek Discovery, and I'm just not going to be watching it. In the meantime, there's so many other things for me to watch. First of all, the CW is doing a bang-up job of making all their shows available on their app. I did run into a slight issue with that recently, but it was just one episode of Charmed, which I really don't want to watch anyway, but other people in the household want to watch. So supposedly the last five episodes are supposed to be available. Well, the fourth episode back was not available. So they did have five episodes, but the fourth, it was episode uh, 109, I guess the ninth episode in the season wasn't available, but eight and seven were I'm like, okay, whatever. But aside from that, I have all these shows I have to watch, for the Starling Tribune, and that takes up a lot of time. And then there's other shows I have to watch for other stuff. And the really good shows that I want to watch, I'm going to find like The Expanse or something like that. But no, I'm not going to be picking up a subscription for CBS All Access. Sorry. And it's going to limit my viewing options, but I already have too much to watch now. So, yeah. I just wanted to mention it because I do think it's really interesting how they've outgrown what they anticipated, right? Because, like, obviously they set forecasts. For a reason they're trying to reach a goal of some point and to have them reach that goal two years early that's incredible to me that they are doing better than they anticipated because if i was a betting man i would have bet that they would have been behind their goal two years early that's what i would have guessed i, I wonder why people are doing it like what are, are they doing it to see big brother are they doing it to see star trek are they doing it to see csi whatever I wonder why people are picking it up because I'm I, I honestly I don't get it. I don't either. But hey, I guess things surprise all of us. Speaking of surprises, this one was not a surprise, was it, Chris Farrell? 
I, I think, no, I think we were all shocked when we found out today that Netflix finished canceling the Defenders when they canceled the Punisher and they canceled Jessica Jones. So the Punisher's done after season two and Jessica Jones third season will air on Netflix still, but there will be no more. So the shows will remain on Netflix for subscribers. They will not be moving to Disney Plus. Netflix will have the rights to these shows in their current form forever. But where it gets interesting is Marvel Television President Jeff Loeb penned a letter to fans of the canceled Defenders stating, quote, our network partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that. To be continued. So Jeff Loeb is hinting that there might be a future for the Defenders in some other way, shape or form. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. There was something we'd read and heard about at one point in time that before Marvel could put these on Disney Plus, they would have to wait two years from the mo- from when the final episode aired to be able to do so. So there's a chance they could bring the Defenders back. They've got a lot of other Marvel television products to put on there in the interim that are probably going to eat up that time. But guys, in all seriousness, the Defenders are probably gone now. Question. Jessica Jones season three. It was in post-production. Are they still going to air it? They are still going to air it. Jessica Jones season two was going to be the next Netflix series that we watched on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. because we just finished Punisher season one and we decided not to do it. We decided to go with a little lighter fare with the Runaways season one. So there is a lot of Marvel TV to go into right now. You have the Runaways, you have Cloak and Dagger. You have all these Netflix shows, which we've gone through the Punisher season one. We're doing it chronologically. And you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's coming back. Of course, we're going to hit Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it comes back out in May now. Not June, but May. So that's good. And it is renewed for a season seven. So season six starts in May. Season seven starts sometime. I don't know if it's going to be this fall or whatever. But there's a lot to cover. And I'm fine with taking a pause on the Netflix stuff. Do you do a podcast on Marvel stuff? I'm. Uh, this is news to me. When did you launch that? I never launched it, by the way. <laughs> I just took it over. I, 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 I conducted a mutiny, basically, about episode 14, and I've had it ever since, and just launched uh, episode 262 tonight. So it's been going on for a while. It's called Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's my podcast on Marvel. It's not the Starling Tribune? I really thought that the Starling Tribune was all about... It covers a lot of Marvel there. Cover, cover, yeah. No? It, it actually does, but I get my <laughs> hand slapped every time I do. <laughs> oh, I will slap you anytime you'd like, Stargate Pioneer. Anytime. You just let me know. Okay. I'll take you up on that. Sure. Most authentic slapping sound in all of sound effects history. Most definitely. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, Chris and I had some pretty lighthearted news points, cancellations, CBS All Access being successful. Let's go ahead and let Stargate Pioneer break our hearts right now. SP, break away. You know, I can't be sad about this. This is like the 95-year-old grandfather that's lived a... It's like, uh, what was her name? Rose on Titanic. How could you possibly be sad about Rose at, you know, at the end? I mean, you can't. And and this is what we're talking about, this sort of thing. We're talking about NASA's Opportunity rover on Mars. It lasted 15 years. It was only supposed to last 90 days. 
and it had a record-breaking 15 years. This is this is phenomenal. The last signal was heard in June 10th of 2018, right before a dust storm. So let's go by the numbers here and let's talk about opportunity. Like what sort of opportunity? Like the opportunity to cash. sell stuff, like cash? Is that where? Is that the opportunity? Well, if it's about? Canadian cash, it's like plastic. So do we really say cash or do we say plastic? I don't know. So there was a series of articles on space.com and spacenews.com about NASA's Opportunity rover. So NASA declared its Opportunity Mars rover dead on Wednesday, February 13th, 2019, Earth time, more than eight months after the solar-powered robot went silent during a raging dust storm on the red planet and a day after the final calls to wake Oppy, that's what it's called, Oppy, up went unanswered. Opportunity roamed the Martian surface for nearly a decade and a half, covering more than a marathon's worth of ground, 25.8 miles, I believe, or 28.5 miles, excuse me, worth of ground, and finding conclusive evidence that the red planet hosted large bodies of liquid water in the ancient past. Now, Opportunity and its twin rover Spirit launched separately in the summer of 2003, kicking off the Mars Exploration Rover or MER, mission, and landed a few weeks apart in January 2004. Both rovers then embarked on surface missions last designed to last for about 90 Earth days, during which they hunted for signs of past water activity. Both Spirit and Opportunity found lots of evidence that Mars was a relatively warm and wet world billions of years ago, reshaping science, scientists' understanding of the planet's evolution and potential to host life. And the duo just kept rolling along. Now, Spirit finally got bogged down in a sand trap in early 2010. As a result, the rover couldn't reorientate itself to catch the sun during the approaching Martian winter and essentially froze to death, but both actually persisted on long after they were designed for. There's been speculation on what's going to happen to them. Now, the speculation on the SpaceX Tesla is that it was basically ripped apart by solar radiation by now. It's been gone for like a year. It's probably uh, just in pieces, just orbiting itself basically out there. These have been constructed a little bit more durably, and they won't be covered by sandstorms, as you might think from the Martian, but they will be covered with dust as time goes on, and future civilizations that we put on Mars potentially could actually go and get them and then put them in a museum or something like that. So they could be lasting for a very, very long time. There's no degradation. There's no rust. There's no microbiology um, cells to go get them and, and create any uh, degradation in them. So they'll be up there for a while, guys, and we can go get them anytime we want to. All right. So let me ask you this, Stargate Pioneer. What, what? what summer did you say this was? The summer of 2003, they launched. Okay. So it was the summer of 2003. Sorry, that was my Brian Adams. It was pretty impressive. I, I thought. You know, I was thinking that same song when I <laughs> yeah, said that, yeah. but it, it's okay. You know, we, we, we can stay, uh, uh, I, what is it called? Uh, uh, copyrighted free. We don't want any no. YouTube copyright That's strikes. True. That would be bad. Three copyright strikes within like 90 days and we're toast. I got my twin Mars rovers. God, I'm on planet Earth. 
I'm kind of single and similar, but not really, so that we don't get taken down. Summer of 2003, I was <laughs> almost a freshman in college. That's how old opportunity was. Uh, Stargate Pioneer, uh, you, you must feel old right now. But no, okay, so back to the actual news story. I will say this. I am... I am very happy with this. You know, I know everybody's like, oh, so sad. And and it is, you know, obviously it's been up there a long time. So many of us who are of a younger demographic than Stargate Pioneer has has known about this being there for a very long time. And we remembered, you know, remembered this early on in our adult, adult lives and things like that, lives and whatnot. And so I think that it, it does play a special part for those of us who didn't go through the big interest of you know moon landing or the space shuttle and all that stuff there it's like this this was such a big part to all of us who were interested in space and whatnot um through that era so it is sad from that perspective but on the other hand like how many years was this over what it was anticipated like amazing so amazing indeed and oh and by the way one thing has not changed in all those years windows is still bug filled all those years later. So from all of us here at the geek.com show, RIP opportunity, but we're not really sad. Ouch. That sounded really weird. All right, moving on to the extra extra. Just a quick couple of fire points here. Rapid fire. Pew pew. Rapid fire. Uh, number one. Pew pew. Go ahead and just say it. Uh, Samsung apparently has stopped producing Blu-ray players. That's right. They announced that they are not going to develop any new Blu-ray players. Now their announcement came that it's vague. It alleges to they're not going to spend more time making new Blu-ray players, but it never says they're going to stop production of current models. But it's worth noting because, hey, guess what? Blu-ray players apparently are that much not selling that great that they want to keep. That's really great English, too, uh, that they really want to go ahead and spend so much time on it. So I guess they'll just go ahead and keep using the model that they have, which makes sense. Like, you know, if you think about it, what's the only things that really update with Blu-ray player? Some with Blu-ray, some codecs. That's all software. You can keep doing that with what they've got on there. The other thing as well is uh, the smart aspects of it. Again, software that can just be updated. So really not that surprising, but interesting nonetheless. And then lastly, well, this comes on the heels of some people hearing some creepy voices over their Nest systems. Apparently, Google is taking action and will be locking people out of their Nest accounts should they have compromised or believed to be compromised accounts. What happened was last week, there were some reports that came out of people apparently being hacked, is what they claim, uh, and they were hearing voices over their different Nest system, so like the, uh, the camera and whatnot, where it has the communication on it, and... A lot of people suspect that it's because either passwords were hacked elsewhere and reused or they used default passwords or simple passwords. So apparently Google is going to be taking action and will definitely just be locking people out if they do suspect their account was hacked. I got to say, I like this idea and I actually I was thinking about this after I read this and heard about people being hacked. I actually think that there needs to be some form of legislation in different countries on not having default passwords. I, I do. I think you should be required like on your router or your cameras or whatever to not have admin admin default default. I think that it's ridiculous that we allow that as a practice and an acceptable practice because 
it's really not that hard to give everybody a unique card and cable companies do it other internet companies do it they have modems that have baked in generated passwords that are unique to that device where if you do a full reset goes right back to that same factory password let's have this happen on more devices we don't need admin admin anymore if someone can't dig out the damn card to get the password then they shouldn't be administering that or administrating that device the, the bigger problem is people not changing it away from that come on if you're a semi-responsible homeowner you have updated and changed your password within minutes of setting up your router and that's what i mean people aren't and that's why i think that it yeah. should be it we should just go and companies should be required to not use those if the people are that dumb not to do it they get what they deserve yeah i i'm looking out for the people you heard it here first chris farrell says he wants to watch you change i'm saying so, i want to protect you from having chris watch you get changed Steven is the people's champion. I am the corporate champion. We're going back to like 1990s WWF wrestling here. You get to be the Steve Austin to my rock. Well, okay, fair enough. I'll go with that. And, uh, you know, I will just say this, that I'm going to run for office. No, that's not true. Uh, I'm not running for office. The only office I'm running to is when I, my office when I'm late for work. That's the only office I'm running for. Sorry, Pioneer, you want to inject something here? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. First of all, if you guys are going to go WWE or WWF and you're going to have an argument, you are talking like this, you got to back and forth and stuff like that. So you either got to do that or you got to be calm and not be WWF. So you're saying that the Chris should start referring to himself on the third person, much like The Rock does. A little bit, yeah, but it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> there, we go, there we go. There we go. There we go. Well All done, right, Chris. I, I like that. So that's number one. Number two, if you want to run for office, you have to be an astronaut because there's an astronaut running for a U.S. Senate seat in Arizona now. His name is Mike Kelly. That same astronaut we were talking about before a few episodes back. I'm going to go consult my calendar because I took betting pools of when you were going to bring him back up, trying to make him relevant. And there was a lot of people that knew you would because you're predictable. I don't care. It wasn't me that brought him back up. <laughs> he brought himself back up into the U.S. Senate race. All right. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and move on to a segment where Chris is going to make us think a little bit about the future of Nintendo. We're going to call it Chris Direct. Hmm. I don't know. So for those that weren't aware, February 13th, five days ago as we recorded this, was Nintendo Direct 2019, where Nintendo kind of gave a look at some of their games they have coming out this year. There were some surprises, and there were just some nice things to have confirmed. I saved what I personally think is the biggest surprise for last, because if someone says they knew that game was coming, they're an expletive deleted liar because there's no way you knew it was coming. Is this the Guinea Geek game? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It is. It's where you can play as Steven SP or Chris, and then you can talk about geeky or nerdy things. <laughs> All right, <Yes>. continue. <laughs> so at Nintendo Direct 2019, I've got six things I wanted to bring up. There was a bunch of stuff that was covered, but we don't have time for me to run down the whole show. Let's start with a little Marvel to open things up. So we did find out at E3 that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was set and is set to be a Nintendo Switch exclusive. 
we found out that Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, will be coming out summer 2019. They haven't given any specifics as to when in the summer, but sometime with between... Yeah, sometime so, here in the next few months. What you're we'll saying is it's going to come out in the summer of 2019. Oh, yes, that, that's the case. So the game is made by Team Ninja. You might know them best from Ninja Gaiden in the Nioh series. They're developing the ensemble action role-playing game, and they did show off Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers, as a playable character. This is a new character we hadn't seen before. It should surprise no one because her movie comes out in less than a month and there's going to be a lot of Captain Marvel hype. What we did find out that's pretty cool about this game is players will be able to team up online or play locally across four Switch systems. Meaning if you have, if you and three of your friends all want to play on your Switches, you can just network together and play together. That is kind of cool. It's a capability we've seen with other things like Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers and the like. But it's cool to see that get extended to a third party game instead of just first party Nintendo games. They did also announce you'll be able to play from characters on teams like the Avengers, the Defenders, the X-Men, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and you'll be taking on Thanos and his Black Order. So yes, while it is not related to Infinity War and Endgame, it kind of ties in because you're going to see a lot of those same characters in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. So sometime this summer, you can get this game. I have already pre-ordered it because I love the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games. I love the X-Men Legends games that preceded them, and I want to play the ever-living crap out of this game. There, I said it. The ever-living crap? The ever-living crap. Okay. As long as it's ever-living. Only ever-living. I don't want to play the, the, the sometimes-living crap. <laughs> I don't know what that means. So they're integrating switch systems into thermoses now? Uh, sure. Go ahead. Punchline. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, it's, it's Thanos. It's not thermos. No, okay, okay, I'm fair sorry. enough. Fair enough. Hmm. I see what you did there. So Chris has his... Marvel Ultimate Alliance. He bought it on Amazon. This is going to be a singing show, guys. I'm sorry. So next up, one of the other things. This announcement kind of came out of nowhere. We'd all been hoping they were going to do it. But Mario Maker 2. This is not a port of the beloved Wii U game Super Mario Maker to the Switch. Instead, Nintendo is developing a brand new follow-up, Super Mario Maker 2. They didn't give away much in the way of details, except that the sequel will offer, quote, a host of new tools and features, end quote. This includes the ability to put slopes in created levels, and it will launch in June. Now, Mario Maker was not a game that I've gotten a chance to play because I did not have a Wii U. However, comma, it is a pretty popular game to watch people play on Twitch because if you're not familiar with the game, Mario Maker allows you to build your own levels in a Mario kingdom. And then once you're done building them, you have to beat them to prove that they're beatable, you can then upload them online so that other people can try and play them and get the quickest speeds going through it. So you get some wicked, crazy, insane fan-made Mario levels that are then put online, and a lot of Twitch streamers like to go then play those levels and see how fast they can beat them, or if they can beat them, because some of these user-made levels are hell. Are hell. If you do like one minor misstep, you're screwed, and you have another 90 seconds you have to restart and work your way back up to that point. It's insane, but it's a pretty cool game, and it shouldn't shock anyone that Nintendo is moving forward with Mario Maker 2. I actually don't know much about Mario Maker, if, I'll, if I'm being honest here. I have no real experience with it, so I can't be interested in it because it's not on my radar other than you mentioning it probably on this podcast. 
So that's fair. What I would say is if you get a chance and you got some downtime, which is met or miss for some of us, go on YouTube and watch some Let's Play of Mario Maker levels. And that is the fun is watching people play these custom made levels and like, how the hell do I do this? What is the solution to this? I don't understand because you've played some insane Mario levels that Nintendo's built. This is the insane stuff that fans build where you're sliding down a slope. Then you have to jump on a turtle shell and then you're flying off an edge. You get off the edge of hill. You have to jump off the turtle shell at the right point, jump on an invisible block, keep going. There's some wicked good coordination that's required and timing to do some of these user custom levels. It's insanity. Mario Maker, Mario Maker, make me a level. Buy me a turtle. <laughs> Sorry. So th this is not a game that I personally will be playing because my Mario skills are average to subpar, somewhere in that range. What I enjoy watching people who have good Mario and platforming skills play this game. It's a lot of fun to watch online as people play it. Cool. Well, I might have to check those out because like I said, it's really not on my radar and I should I should be ashamed of myself. You know what is, though, on my radar? Tetris. What's Tetris? All right, so I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, Tetris 99 is free for Switch Online subscribers immediately, as in right now. So what is it? Well, Tetris and Nintendo are getting in on the Battle Royale game because this is Tetris Battle Royale. What is Tetris 99? Is a Switch-exclusive spinoff of the classic that puts 99 players into a Tetromino combat against each other. Basically... Tetris Battle Royale. Tetris 99 is available right now on the Switch eShop. It is free for Switch Online subscribers. I have not had a chance to play it yet, but basically you're able to like throw blocks on other people's boards and screw them up. And the goal is to be the last person standing on your Tetris board when all is said and done. Uh, some early reviews I read said it's pretty fun for a free game. Not terrible. Well, free subjectively. You have to have your $20 a year Switch Online subscription but it's a nice additional perk of something you get with that. Does this come with a expansion pack for solitaire? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay. How, Maybe. How about that pinball game that came with Windows 95? What was the name of that? That game was awesome. I think it was Pinball 3D. It could very well be. <laughs> I don't honestly remember, but yes, that's a free game. If you have Switch Online, feel free to download it now. Another game coming that a lot of people are excited about is Fire Emblem Three Houses. It is the latest sequel to the Fire Emblem series dropping on July 26th. I think Nintendo delayed it two weeks. It was supposed to come out two weeks prior or something like that. It shifted right just a little bit. I don't know a ton about the Fire Emblem games. I haven't played them. I know a lot of people I follow on Twitter and a lot of my friends online love the Fire Emblem games. So if I didn't bring it up, I would get scolded. So here I'm saying... Fire Emblem Three Houses, it's coming. I'm told it's a big deal. I don't know enough about it to know if it's a big deal or not. Sorry, What if guys. I wanted to take my three houses and make it into a hotel? Well, we're not playing Monopoly, so you're not allowed. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're fu you can't do it. Yeah. No, don't tell me I can't. I'll make a way that I can. <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing this. I have two more news pieces. Uh, prior to Nintendo Direct, Square Enix had been teasing some big reveals that would be coming out. What was the big reveal? A remastered Final Fantasy IX was available on the 13th as soon as it dropped on the Nintendo Switch. They also announced that Final Fantasy VII will be re-released on March 26th to the Nintendo Switch as well. Final Fantasy VII is arguably one of the best Final Fantasy games of all time, if you ask Final Fantasy gamers. So 
that's big news. This is news also because it continues the trend that they have of re-releasing these games. Final Fantasy X and X-2 release on April 16th as well for the Switch and on Xbox One it's coming. So basically what they're doing here is taking all these awesome Final Fantasy games we played on like PS1, PS2 and bringing them back now. And the Switch is kind of a great console for old school JRPGs because you don't always have to worry about finding a save point. Just put your system in standby and it's just the same as saving. Save points are overrated. If you're in the middle of a dungeon, you don't have to worry. It's great. Did you know that we actually have a dedicated podcast to Final Fantasy on the network? It's called Game Life Balance US. It's all they talk about. It certainly seems like it because Cody is a big proponent. That they talked about Hearthstone all the time. Uh, that's true. That's true. And what's that other one that Cody loves? Uh, he, he tweets about it all the time. He loves Super Smash. He Brothers. loves it when John brings it up. I don't know. There's a couple of ones that he just loves. He just loves. Okay. Oh, uh, so what is it? Return to return is something like that. I will remember. We'll remember it later. Okay. I have a serious question. <laughs> it is a serious question. Can you play Final Fantasy four on the switch? Not currently. It is not one of the games that has been released, though. I do believe Final Fantasy four is available on iOS and Android currently. Yes, I know because it is on my phone, but I want to play it on an actual console because the phone is not really great for playing Final Fantasy IV. Right. So, yeah, the phone's not a deal. What you can do to try and make it a little bit better is you could pair a Bluetooth controller up to your phone or your yeah, tablet not happen. and it would work that yeah. way. Yeah. But I just, I, that would be a reason for me to get a Switch. Yeah. And so, you're telling me it's not there, so I'm not going to get a Switch. Yeah, but Final Fantasy VII is. Final Fantasy 7 is amazing. I haven't played 4, 5, or 6. I gotta play but those first before I get to 7. You don't really have to. They don't build on each other. I want to. Mm. That's a self-imposed limitation. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, self-imposed limitations. All right. Okay, what else you got here, Chris Farrell? So, this is the final one. This was the surprise that no one saw coming, and I challenge you I call you a liar if you say you saw this one coming. They announced Zelda Link's Awakening is coming out for the Switch. It debuted on the Game Boy way back in 1993. I remember playing it on my dad's Game Boy. And 26, late, 26 years later, rather, in 2019, they're bringing it to the Switch. And no, this is not a straight port. This is a remake from the same top-down perspective, but with 3D graphics instead of 2D sprites. Everything looks gorgeous it looks amazing this is a great game i remember playing as a kid it holds up like i said first released in 1993 they updated it for the game boy color in 1998 and i bought it again and played it on my game boy color it, it was awesome this is also one of the very few legend of zelda games to be set outside the world of hyrule link's awakening has ties to the mario universe because you'll find enemies like the chain chomp and goombas in it it's a very interesting game it's a bit different than the current crop of Zelda games you're seeing. It's a return to the old school 2D top-down look of Zelda, which we haven't seen since prior to Ocarina of Time, which came out in 96 or 98. I can't remember. So it's been quite a while we've had top-down 2D Zelda on a console, and I can't wait. I love this game. And again, I challenge anyone who says they saw this coming to prove it because they're a liar. Did you just say the Macarena of time? That's what I heard. I heard, hey, Macarena. That's what I heard. Fair use. Fair use. Uh, it is the Ocarina of time. Though. Oh, hey, Ocarina. 
Okay, so I have to say, I saw this coming. I'm just sorry. You're a dirty, <laughs> rotten liar, sir. A dirty, rotten uh, liar. Yeah. No, this one, this one was, I heard about this. It's definitely out of left field. And I am, I'm surprised it was kept under wraps. I'm very surprised. I don't know how, how this didn't get leaked because it is such a throwback. It's surprising that we, we didn't hear about this. Well, Nintendo keeps things pretty close to the vest when they want to. They're very good at the whole secrecy thing. Like you thought Apple used to be good back in the day when Steve Jobs was running the show. When Nintendo doesn't want something to leak, it doesn't. So they're really good at dropping these surprises like this. This is the equivalent to Steve Jobs' one more thing that we used to get back in the day. Oh, I miss that era. I miss that era. But anyways, thank you very much, Chris Farrell, for wrapping this all up for us because not all of us had a chance to delve into it. So thank you very, very much, Chris Farrell. I do sincerely appreciate you taking the time to sort this out Tell us what we need to know and also call us dirty, rotten liars. That's the part that we really appreciate. I didn't call SP a dirty, rotten liar. Just you. Hey, you called me a liar, Steven. That's true. He is a liar. No, I not. He lied. He lied to me yesterday when he told me that he liked me. That was a lie. That's what that's because he loves you. Ma Maury Povich. That was a lie. I did not tell you I liked you or loved you yesterday. Well, I never said you loved me, but hey, if your mind's going to go there, I'll take it. I will gladly take it in, Stargate Pioneer. On that note, we're going to go ahead and get ready to close things down. But before we do, I want to let everybody know that we do stream this live on Mondays, usually at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, if there's no technical difficulties. And we're trying out a new chat room, and we'd like to know what you have to think about it. So if you've not come by the live experience for a while, please do so. Uh, the next time you have a chance is Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And we got a new chat room that we are trying because the one we were using before went away, sadly. Oh, tear roll. So we are happy to find something that looks like a chat. It acts like a chat. Plus, there's GIFs. So yay, GIFs. I can shut those off, I, I like think, them. but I won't because gifts are fun, especially when you send solitaire ones. Remember the classic solitaire thing with at the end of Windows 95 where you finish solitaire and they'd all go bouncing out all the cards? Yeah, there's a gift for that. And Chris, you don't remember that? I, I see it in the chat right now. I remember yeah. it. I didn't win at solitaire very oh, often. Oh, well, that's Steven. a shame. Now you're just rubbing it in. You're a dirty liar. You won all the time. Dirty, rotten liar. <laughs> Chris Farrell, is there anything that you'd like to plug or promote? Uh, I completely lost my train of thought as to what I was going to promote, so I'll go to my default. Hey, go to geek.com. we got a ton of streaming live shows. You're probably watching this on the geeks.live site right now. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You will see a calendar of all of our upcoming live events. Please feel free to drop in on one of those other shows and tell them that we sent you. Stargate Pioneers, is there anything that you'd like to plug or promote? Yeah, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talked about it earlier. We are starting The Runaways, Season 1, Episode 1. And it's great because the first episode is from the kids' point of view. The second episode is from the adults' point of view. So I can't wait for next week. And if you have anything to say about The Runaways, please get it into us over on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We'd like to incorporate your thoughts on it. And the third episode is from the dog's point of view. Is that correct? 
Uh, I'm thinking it's the bird's point of okay, view. Okay, the bird's? Oh, okay. So, like, interrupting podcasts, that type of bird? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I was thinking of the birds that go after drones. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Anyways, mine was a callback for you old school Gunna Geek listeners. But for another episode of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show, I'm Stephen John Drew saying thanks for coming on by, especially if you checked out the live stream. And if you didn't check out the live stream, then you didn't really come on by. We came into your home. MSB, same. We'll just see you next week, guys. Looking forward to it. Chris Farrell saying, we got gifts. Gifts. Gif, not gif. Gif. Gift. 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 I'll gift you a gift. Now, see, it doesn't work. Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week.